Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. If you would like to help Room 9, please visit their support page. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. Good morning, everybody. Well, at least it's morning while I'm recording this. You could be listening to this at any time of the day, so I'm not really sure if it's morning, but good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for absolutely joining me once again for another episode of Room 9. I am super excited every week that goes on and just uh, continue this amazing journey of podcasting and now videographering that's a word i'm absolutely just enjoying it and things are starting to move forward quicker and quicker and it's exciting it's awesome to watch things unfold when you just work hard at things and things start to come together so this episode of room nine episode i don't know technically what number it is this is for me and just room nine alone it's episode 55 i sit down with a regular uh, matthew oliver and he's just been around with me since kind of pretty much all the beginning at least rehab my long-term rehab a few years ago uh, we worked together so we just have a conversation it was a random thing he was in the area he stopped by I was like well let's hit record and talk so we did so here's that conversation hope you guys absolutely enjoy it room9podcast.com is once again being remodeled I am getting the video production page up and if you know anybody who's struggling with mental health or works with people that struggle with mental health and and or substance use disorder my goal is to really start telling stories through video and i think it's one of the greatest tools that is not being used enough to really share stories and everything else that comes along with that so head on over to room9podcast.com send people there video production sites up our little mini vlogs are going on make sure you check those out on youtube you can also find a link on the website, but go to YouTube, Room 9 Podcast, search it, subscribe, like, share with everybody. I'm hoping those are going to be something that really reaches a lot of people and is really encouraging for a lot of people. So other than that, that's all I got. Check out what else is going on on our website, on our Facebook page, on Instagram, on everything else, LinkedIn, every other social media, Twitter. I think that's about it. And let us know what's going on in your lives because that would be awesome. You can also fill out a contact page at room9podcast.com. So I'm going to let you guys get to it. Thank you, as always, for your support and your love and your encouragement. This would not be possible without you. Enjoy this episode, episode 55, with Matthew Oliver. All right, peace. all right what do you want to get into man you know that's right yeah so things are going good for you yeah i'm glad to hear that you're uh yeah you like this new job better so doing the electrician work that's awesome still doing that it's a reasonable goal that i set for myself you know instead of trying to you know become a rock star which is hard that is hard and unlikely i've uh turned to a career that i can actually accomplish 
Which is important. Yeah. It is. And when, especially you can relate that to recovery too. Like you don't want to set yourself up for failure by saying like, okay, I'm going for 10 years sober. You want to talk about like, I'm going to be sober today. You know, big difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just talking about that with somebody because it's fucking the whole clean time and establishing it and, right. you know, stacking it up on each other. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Because everybody just puts that emphasis on it constantly. And I think that's another thing that people use as like a form of control over others. Like, okay, you have to listen to my opinion because I have more clean time than you. So my opinion somehow is better than your opinion. It just goes back to the power thing. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It just corrupts people, man. It's a real crazy situation. It is. Yeah. And a million times, I think I've said it on here and I think we've talked about plenty of times, those people who friggin' think they, um, you know, when they slip up. Right. And have a little screw up and, and then, then all of a just, sudden yeah. it's like, oh man, I got to starve my clean time all over. Most of the time people are worried about that. Yeah. As opposed to taking it as a, a learning experience and oh, an yeah. opportunity to get better. And I think too, the harder, the hard thing about that is like trying to confront your family with, with a, a slip up like that. You really have to, before that happens, try to create an environment within your support system or your support group of people to say okay there's a possibility that i might slip up if i do try not to crucify me let's use it let's all use it as a learning experience what could we have done better where did we slip up where is it exactly that i went wrong could you have helped me in that situation you know just different things like that instead of like i said instead of just throwing the person under the bus and being like okay you know back to rehab with you yeah i mean that family support i think is probably one of the most important things to be able to have that to have your family and friends educated Mm -hmm. that a slip up isn't the worst thing ever i honestly i don't know how my family would handle it me neither i think i think my family would not do good with it as much as they've educated themselves and as hard as they've worked i think before until you go through it a few times yeah I think it takes a lot of work to be able to get all right all right this isn't the end of the world right let's go and how you react yourself and how your family reacts is such an important piece of, okay, this is just a tiny thing. Right. No big deal. Because if you react to it in a negative way, like, damn it, I'm such a failure. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, blah, blah, blah. And then you just keep sinking darker and farther and further into the abyss. Yep. And that's, that's no good. That's no bueno. And I think they're dealing with a disappointment, right? Like they just want you, they just want to see you do well, right? So this slip up for them is like a disappointment where they were thinking you were on, you know, the straight and narrow or whatever you want to call it. And now we have to deal with this incident where you've gone back to something that literally destroyed your relationship with them. So they don't want to see that. They just want you to do well. And I think it comes from a place, it comes from a good place, but then it gets totally distorted in the fact that yeah, you did fuck up. Like it's a it's a big deal, but it has to be treated as something that you can recover from. Well, that can make or break somebody, right? Yeah. If you um, you know, say for instance, you kind of you just say alcohol for you know, you're on a a year, a year and a half or whatever mm-hmm. and you are out and about and have some drinks and you get caught with that or whatever it is, you know, you're wife or girlfriend or husband whatever smells it on your breath and the way they react to it could also make or break and lead you to a certain way on how you're going to react to it as well and then you know it goes back to the 
should I hide this from them? Should I not hide this from them? Yep. If you have an opportunity to do that. And if somebody isn't like experienced in dealing with this, yeah, the way they react to something could be a crazy extreme. So I don't even want to say it's always the correct thing to do is come up front with it because you know what? There's plenty of cases where it's probably not. Yeah, there. I think there's times maybe when it might be better for you to keep it to yourself and maybe let's look at it this way. Maybe you can share it with a counselor, right? And just say, hey, this is something that I don't really want shared with my family or, you know, if you have family sessions or whatever, please don't bring this Mm -hmm. up. I'm just confiding this in you. I want to be honest about it. Get it off your chest. Let the person know what happened. That's like a safe space to do it. Your counselor is going to know exactly what what to say, what not to say, or they should if they're any good. Um, which you <laughs> the know, keyword. I've had I've had good ones. I've been lucky in my experience. Anyway, so I think that would be a, a really good place to start, and then give it to them and say, "Well, do you think that we should bring my family into this, or am I correct in assuming that it's probably better to just?" keep it between us, put it on my treatment plan or whatever you want to want to call it and just deal with it that way. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if it would be unhealthy to totally keep it to yourself. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point, too. I think I guess when I was saying keep it to yourself, I guess I was thinking more of your your close family and friends sometimes. Right. Obviously, that's not always the case. Or if you have like you, for instance, with me. You're one of my closer friends. Mm-hmm. I could easily come to you. You would understand. You would you would come from a place of understanding like, oh, I could totally see how you would slip up and want to try that again because it's been a little while, you know, and just I think you do. There has to be some part of you that shares it with another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I think that I think that's a good point, too, because you don't yeah, want to clam it up. And your counselor is good. A good friend. Right. A Somebody, friend. you know who will react the correct way. Yeah, exactly. And another addict, I mean, it's probably your best bet, a close friend who, who's who been through it. Through and the experience. Probably if you talk to that person, you'd probably find a spot where they had a slip up as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you might come out both being in a better place by sharing those things with each other. You got a stronger relationship now. In that case, I think that's a very healthy way to dispose of that guilt because that's what you're going to be carrying around yourself. Like, absolutely. I fucked up. You know, I had so many years clean or whatever and now I just did this and I'm back to zero if you keep carrying that around it's just going to cycle and and like you said bring you down into the abyss if you can put it off on a friend it'll definitely help it not to fester in there and just destroy you I totally agree and that kind of leads me to another thing I've been thinking a lot about is speaking the truth I was thinking why am I starting this video stuff with room nine and especially trying to do like eventually to get to a weekly vlog mm-hmm. and where I'm talking with people and just kind of sharing my my bullshit. And a big piece of that is when we just talk, speak our truth and we are just open and honest, you find, like you said, if you tell a close friend, you can find out they're struggling with the same thing or they slipped up too. And it's even just that little piece in life is so awesome to make you feel less alone. Right. It's so huge. And it's actually kind of crazy how less alone it makes you feel. Because I you know, I know I'm not the only one going through something, but when you hear it, it's like, Oh, thank God. Yep. <laughs> as as morbid as that sounds, I'm glad he's sucking it to edit too. Right. You know, right. but yeah. It's encouraging because it's like, all right, I'm not a complete weirdo failure over here and other people struggle with this same thing too. Yeah, and this goes back to when you're in addiction or when I was anyway personally, I felt like I was the only person on this planet 
who was struggling with this problem. I had I had no idea that there were so many other people who struggled with it. So when you do that, you feel so alone. You start to isolate yourself because mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to find out now because uh, I'm the only one doing this. You know, well, really, you're not. But in your mind, you think you yeah, are. Yeah, you feel like you are. So you put yourself on this little island of like a terrible abuser of drugs. And uh, it keeps you from getting the help you need. So you don't want to get back to that place either in your mind where you're like, fuck, I'm the only one who's really fucked up in my group of friends. Nobody else struggles with this. Nobody else has even thought about it. They're all doing really well. And I'm here, you know, relapsing or on the verge mm-hmm. of a, a lapse, if you want to call it that or whatever. And, um, you know, it, it could take you down a path that you don't want to go down. You really got to stop yourself as soon as humanly possible. You mm-hmm. fucked up that one time, but you don't have to keep fucking up. You and can, talking about it makes a huge difference. Exactly. So talking with someone you trust who's not going to kick you while you're down or suggest something insane like going back to rehab over one one time that you did whatever, you know, um, you can keep going forward. You don't have to reset everything because of one incident. Lots of times that one slip up can be so helpful and like awesome and great things can come from that. Yeah. And that's such an important thing to remember no matter what you're going through. Great things can come from any screw up, any failure, anything that you do that seems wrong or not right. Even if it was by your own will or somebody else did it to you, those are just the greatest opportunities to learn from the situation and to grow. One thing I have learned so much from doing my, having my, starting my own business for now, it's been what? Geez, going on two years, getting close to two years. Right. And the, one of the biggest things I have learned was when a door closes, there's always something better that's going to come mm-hmm. if, if I pay attention mm-hmm. and I keep working hard. Well, yeah, you don't want to wallow in that door that closed. You know, you no. don't want to really just be like, oh, that was the only thing I had going for me and now nothing else is ever going to work out. That's not true. That door may have closed so that you can move to the side and, oh, crap, here's another door that I didn't notice before. And this is way better, a way better setup for me. Yeah. I mean, great example was when Horizon Health was going to, I talked to their CEO about, you know, a project that I thought, all right, maybe treatment providers would be interested in doing something. And I talked to the CEO of Horizon Health and she said, well, we just applied for a certain grant that relates exactly to this. And if we get it, we'll pay you pretty much full-time money they were going to start giving me. Right. And they didn't end up getting the grant. And I remember like being bummed about it for a couple Mm -hmm. hours and discouraged. And then I was like, wait, every time a door is closed, like something awesome else, something else awesome happened. Yeah. And literally two days after that, I had already a meeting set up with the CEO of Evergreen. And I went to meet him to kind of just pick his brain for some ideas on how to get something going or get a big project going. And that's when we ended up agreeing to do the first video project. That's awesome. And it's just, it's always, there's always something better there mm-hmm. when something doesn't happen if you pay attention. And the same thing for when you're failing or you screw up. If you pay attention and you're you're aware, all right, what did I do wrong? What can I do better? And you work hard at it. Something better always happens from it. Right. Another thing, too, I think that can come out of a lapse is you may realize that you were really romanticizing the feeling and romanticizing the effects that you got from that drug. You may realize that, oh, this isn't as great as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And the feeling of accomplishing something good at work while I'm sober actually trumps this 
this high that I've been chasing and thinking about for so long. So that's another good thing that can come out of it. You might discover, hey, I really, A, I can't control this. So you might do something that makes you realize, shit, I really have zero control over myself when I let myself do do this this drug or whatever it is, alcohol, whatever it may be. And secondly, it wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so you can you can kind of take that and say, okay, well, now I know for sure. I'm on more solid ground today than I was the day before because I went through that experience. And I know a lot of people who have had that same experience where, shit, that wasn't any fun at all or it wasn't as fun as I thought it was. And I'd rather be in control of myself and my life than give it up just to feel this, you know, high for a few hours. Yeah, and I I think it's important to, yeah, look at your history. What bases did you not cover correctly? And then learn how to cover those correctly again. And even if you can, relapse can happen 45 friggin' times. Right. If you're learning every opportunity, it's not it's not going to end of the world. That means you're right. just going to keep getting better and better no matter how many times you screw up. You yep. just figure out what you did wrong and correct it. Yeah, and, and I think for me that's where um, medically assisted treatment came in. It would help me kind of take those thoughts of like, I'd really like to use right now. Well, guess what? Even if I tried, I probably couldn't knock through what I have in my system as far as my medical, like my medicine that I mm-hmm. take to keep me from it. So there, that's another really good reason for being on that. I know that people sometimes go through rehab or whatever and they say, you know, I want to just be 100% clean again. I don't want any, any substances in my body. And that's all well and good, but you better really set up some other thing in your life or some other tools you better have some really hefty tools that you're confident in using as opposed Mm -hmm. to using this other tool that is given to you by a doctor you know yeah yeah i think that's a great point and i mean mat especially has such a bad rap it does, but it's the wave of the future, I'm telling you, man. You, yeah. People need to get on board with this. Especially with opiates. It's proven that, that the the AA structure does not work for opiate addicts. The, the total abstinence idea worked well for alcohol. It does not work well. And even for that, I think when you really look at the numbers, it, yeah. it's not that great. Yeah. I mean... I haven't really looked at, you know, the numbers or studies for that, but what I have looked at, I read a whole book based on why is MAT better than, you know, the abstinence model. And there's so many um, studies that show that you need to have some sort of medical assistance in order to be successful. And yeah, there's that select few people that may be able to go through it cold turkey and just Mm -hmm. be totally clean and that's great for them. But you probably aren't one of them. I mean, those people, those people you don't ever hear about because they don't ever really end up in rehab or anything else. They They quit on their own. They get it done. And that's, I mean, that happens probably more than we even know. But unfortunately, there's no way of detecting those people because they're never on paper. They just end up doing it. I mean, a lot of people, the first time they try some drugs and then the first time they start getting out of hand and they see their relationship crumbling, stop. And never use again. Yep. I mean, some people will use, love it so much, realize I got to stay away from this. I mean, just so many different people who have potential to be addicted don't end up going through anything as far as government stuff or whatever you want to call it, treatment and everything else. Yeah. And I think that's important to know too. I mean, addiction, it's such a weird thing, man. It's such a weird thing because it's so different for everybody. I mean, for me, it's still... 
for me, it comes back to trying to get people to feel like they are doing something meaningful and yeah. productive with their lives. And I mean, because I mean, let's face it, getting high, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know, it's really it's awesome when you when life is together. Then at the end of it, it's just so terrible because you ruined everything around you, every relationship. You don't have a job anymore. you're just known as the manipulative liar drug addict and nobody trusts you and and that feels worse and then you're kind of in that enigma of i feel like shit the only way i know how to not feel like shit is used but the only reason i feel like shit is because i'm using all the time and i've destroyed everything around me because i'm using and it's just such a weird like circle you keep going in with addiction and i think it's so important to find something that is better than getting high and a lot of times that is whether it's being creative or even I always use you as an example because so many people think like, oh, I need to do this crazy, right. incredible. I need to be a Hollywood actress or yeah. actor. Or I need to be a rock star. And it's like, no, become an electrician, right. become a plumber. Like a lot of people would love doing that the rest of their lives. A, there's good money in it. Mm-hmm. So you can make a great living. Yeah. And B... Like a lot of people genuinely enjoy fixing things. And you always talked about you love tinkering around and finding a problem. And all right, how do I get around this? And it's so important to teach that and really start finding something that you love more than you love getting high and escaping. Right. And another thing is it's needed right now. So it's really easy to get into those kind of things. There's it's funny that you brought up like people who just kind of come out of it without going through any sort of treatment program or any government assistance. There was someone that I knew who's like an older guy who was a Wall Street broker and he in the 80s got hooked on cocaine and he essentially got into that loop that a lot of us know all too well where you need to work so that you can get your drugs so so you can get money to get your drugs so that you can go to work and perform so you're kind of stuck in this cycle of like okay I got to get my drugs so I can go to work so I can get money to get my drugs and that was Mm -hmm. kind of the cycle that he was stuck in because you know he felt more alive he said when he would be making stock sales or whatever they do um and that's he came out of it without any assistance he just one day quit the business he saved up enough money to where he could quit for a few months went to the middle of nowhere somewhere in like the midwest or something crazy and just started working as like this nothing job i can't remember where he said he was working but it was like nothing special and um just got away from it all and was able to to kind of cure himself that way. Back then too, they they didn't have the the treatment programs that we have now, so people didn't really mm-hmm. understand it as well. So yeah, there's probably still a lot of people that are able to do it to do it that way. You know, I wouldn't call it cold turkey, but they just make their own plan, I guess, and they follow their own plan. But if you're in rehab or you're in you know treatment, whether it be outpatient or whatever it is, you're probably not the kind of person that's going to be able to do that. So you got to set up other tools, and there's no there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's not like you're a lesser person because no. yeah. because you can't do it yourself. It's just you need you can't do it alone, but you have to be the one to take those steps and to kind of surround yourself with MAT and counseling and people who are on the same path as you. It's really easy in rehab to get mixed up with the wrong people who are there for the wrong reasons. Who are just there because they had to be. Yeah, And that can pull you down just as easily as not uh, getting a decent counselor, not being honest with your counselor, Mm -hmm. you know? So you kind of, there's a lot of pitfalls. Just because you go through rehab doesn't necessarily mean you're going to come out the other end clean and sober. Maybe you went through for the wrong reason. You didn't really know it, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are there just to be there. A lot of people who are there already plan on using, have their all yeah. things set up. And it comes back, really, I think, like it always does, is developing more and more self-awareness because right. it's such an indivi- individualized thing. Um, recovery, substance use, I mean, the whole thing is just so individualized. What works for you is what works for you. And chances are that, that exact process is not going to work for somebody else. So there's no reading something and then, all right, now I know how to do this. Right. Because right. if there was, and we wouldn't really have this big issue going yeah. on with everything. And I think that's what it comes back to is, all right, am I being honest with myself? Am I really doing this? Do I have a plan set up? You know, am I really calling my old former drug dealer just to see how he's doing because I care about him <laughs> or am I doing it because, right. you know, I want to subconsciously get some drugs. And it's just, it's such an important thing, man, to really just know yourself, become introspective, develop a system for you on just how you're going to get through it and how you are going to beat this disease. Yeah, and I think if you said set up something with your with your support group of people like your family and maybe your girlfriend or whatever it is where maybe you call it a lapse instead of a relapse you know mm-hmm. so that you don't have to really look at it in such harsh terms they're probably not going to want to be around you when you're in the middle of it so maybe wait till after you've come down to confront <laughs> them with it don't like you know throw it on them like i'm super high right now in this <laughs> moment like that's probably not a great idea to do but you may feel remorse in that moment while you're still high you may all already feel remorse and already Mm -hmm. want to come clean about it probably not the best time to do it to be honest with you but i think setting up a plan with them before it ever happens is the only way that you're going to get them on board to help you through it but you don't want to use it as like an excuse to use i guess you got to look at that too like don't set this up so that okay i have an excuse to go out on friday night and party you know what i mean yeah and that again comes back to honesty and self-awareness you know you know what your true motives are and if you and I say that in a sense of because we can lie to ourselves and truly believe something. And that's important to really pay attention to. Do I really mean this? Do I really agree with what I just said? And it takes developing. It's it's an art form like everything else. You got to work at it and get better at it. And having that plan, I think, is a huge and incredibly beneficial idea and a great thing, that tool to have in your arsenal. Like, all right, if this happens, if it happens... This is how we need to go about it. Yeah. And this is what we need to do. And, and I, I myself personally have gotten really lucky with the counselor that I have now. For so long, Horizon was trying to get me to like get my parents to come in. And A, they live like an hour away. So that's mm-hmm. difficult for them to do in the first place. And secondly, I'm a grown man, right? Why is it that you want to bring my parents into this? Like, they're not really in my life that way anyway. We live an hour apart. We rarely see each other. They're not the people that really interact with my life. Mm -hmm. So she kind of recognized, okay, well, why don't we bring your girlfriend? Why don't you bring Megan into this and have her do like a, a joint session with us and we can talk about you know how things are going and just did that happen yeah we did it we've done it it's been great we've done it like three or four times and megan doesn't have a lot of background with drug use she Mm -hmm. doesn't use she doesn't drink i don't think she ever has really done either of those things like i don't think she's ever been drunk i don't think she's ever been high so she has very little uh you know she has very little experience with it so to bring her in and talk her through 
Like these things could happen and this is how you have to react to them. Put me in a place where I felt very comfortable to be completely honest with her. So it kind of made, it kind of extended that safe space that I have in the office with my counselor. It extended that relationship to me and Megan. So I feel like I can be completely honest with her. And I think it was a huge, it was a huge benefit to have my counselor recognize, okay, his parents are probably not the best feasible to bring into this. Mm-hmm. Who is more active in her, his life in yeah. my life that is really going to be there when something like this happens? So I've been super happy that we've been able to do that. And I think we're kind of coming, I'm kind of winding down with Horizon. Like my shots are probably going to stop here pretty soon, especially if I start traveling. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be able to come back for that. So they're looking at, you know, closing my case here pretty soon. So you know, Megan wanted to come in and talk to them about, okay, what, what does the future look like when I stop getting shots and I'm not going to therapy anymore? Is there someone we need to refer me to for like a monthly visit? You know, things like that. So it's just great to have that ability and have somebody who is kind of like a mediator between us. That's super like important. The voice yeah. of reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. She did that. That's cool. How many times you say she went in with you? I think we've done it like three or, three four, or four times. Like every, we've kind of done it like every third time that I go to counseling, she'll come with me. And it's just been great. Yeah. we. It's really a place where we can just be really open and honest about, okay, this is something that's been happening. What do you think about that? It's just, yeah, it's been really good. That's cool. Like, do you guys go over? Did you go over? Like if you slipped up, how she would react or what do you what were kind of like the main topics without getting into personal yeah, things of course so but the main things were like what is and I don't know that we actually set up a plan and now that I'm thinking about it maybe we maybe we should focus on that maybe the next time we'll we'll think about that but for us what it mostly was was like these are things that are actively happening with Matt are these behaviors that we should be concerned about are these behaviors that are normal um, how do we look for the warning signs? Right. How do yeah. we fix it? Is there something we need to do to combat it? Or is it something that we just need to let run its course? You know, so there were, that's mostly what we end up talking about. And then if Megan has any sort of, um, I don't know, worries or like, okay, I've noticed this, is this something that, how do I react to that? Or was this a way that I should have reacted and so on and so forth. So it's just really great to have that because I've never had that with any other mm-hmm. uh, girlfriend in my life to be like totally open and honest. Half the time, I think Megan's honestly my first like sober support girlfriend. <laughs> like most of them were just using buddies who ended up being my girlfriend, you know, so. Yeah, those don't, those don't usually work out very well. <laughs> no, I mean, I married one for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot you were married too. I know. Yeah, that's, a, that's right. We're both, we're both world. divorced. Oh. Yeah, that's the American dream now. I don't that know. is. If you're not divorced, you haven't lived. <laughs> you haven't lived, my friend. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I was just watching Um, Jordan Peterson was on this comedian, Theo Vaughn. Um, he has a podcast, and he's actually in recovery, this comedian. Okay. And he talked about, I'm, I'm going to probably try to link the video in with this description of the podcast because it was so awesome that Jordan Peterson talked about um, using and sacrificing and honestly giving up using is like a sacrifice because it is something you obviously love doing so much right? that you're willing to let your life get run into the ground because of it. So giving it up is a sacrifice. And he went on to talk about how we're always in life. We don't have a choice. There's always going to be something, no matter what choice we choose, that we are going to have to sacrifice something. Hmm. And it was very interesting. He was like, you just get to almost like pick your poison almost. 
And but the plus of it is you get to choose what sacrifice is worth the wild, is worth your wild. Mm. And that was so kind of like eye-opening to me because no matter what we do in life, I mean, even think of like maturity growing mm. up, like you have to sacrifice those things you loved as a kid right? because right. you have to become an adult. Right, like but, video games. Yeah, there's like, there's no way out of getting around sacrifice in your mm. life growing up and maturing. I mean, everything you do involves sacrifice, but when you get to choose, all right, I'm going to sacrifice this for, you know, even in my case, I feel like, wow, I found something I love doing this. I started my own business, you know, right. I sacrificed the feeling of getting high for starting this business where I feel this absolute connection now, feel like I'm doing something meaningful with my life and productive. Yeah. And it was such an awesome little about 10 minute clip and I'll have to link it in below. So if you're listening to this, check out the, the links in the description Right. and you know, check out the video because it was really cool how he talked about that and put it because, you know, when, when you find it just got me back to thinking about how we need to start like in rehab, they don't really go over any of that. Like, what do you want to do like with right. your life? And right. I realized maybe in like your short term space, that's not the time to talk about stuff like that. But when you're in a rehab for four months. Yeah. Like at the village. Yeah. You need to focus on that. Well, and you know, to be honest, I really kind of did that myself and used what they had available at the village to set myself up going forward, like in the future. So they had like these like college review courses. If you wanted to go back to college, they had that Mm -hmm. dude, that dude was so wacky, but he was like hilarious to, help you like learn yeah these like basic math concepts and stuff just so you could like i use it so that i could pass the test to get into the course for boces for electrical okay and i end up acing the test so there i guess they do have certain things like that set up but i think they really need to focus a lot more on what are you gonna do what is your thing gonna be that's gonna provide you the fulfillment and excite you every single day when you wake up like okay it's not like a chore to get out of bed you're like oh i get to go do this today mm-hmm. that's actually something I, I would choose to do and i enjoy doing so yeah i think there needs to be a lot more focus especially in long-term recovery yep after yeah. you've, you've gotten yourself out of the mire of like your brain being all fucked up on these chemicals um now what am i gonna do you know so yeah and dude once once a camera was put in my hand just so funny like holding a camera right now feels so right to me and i wonder why i never got into it in the past all of a sudden i become this like adventurer i'm going out (laughs) freaking emory park chestnut ridge and walking miles and miles downtown buffalo taking pictures and doing video stuff and i just like why don't they have stuff like this provided why aren't people you know hey we got a photographer who will come out if anybody's interested and getting outside and learning how to take pictures or you know we have a musician to come teach and lessons if you want to start learning just or an artist or whatever it is find out what people have people on hand there's got to be people who come once twice a week to do stuff like that with people And teach them and just willing, all right, you know what? And if you're not interested in it after a few times and you're not interested in it, but everybody has something like that waiting for them in their lives, no matter what it is. It could be crocheting winter hats for senior citizens. Somebody's going to do that and be pumped up about it and be amped up and be like, this is awesome. I've never felt like this before while doing something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, I think that's so important to really uh, show people and teach them. And there's not enough of it. Right. And it also, I think, establishes a connection between you and the community. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to find something that makes you, 
I mean, it's kind of just making you accountable to the community. Like, okay, Sean now has this business where he's going to give back to the recovery community by, you know, providing insight with people who have something to share via your podcast or via your vlog, you know? So it's just good to have that and know that it's something that you kind of are held accountable for. Like you need to keep putting this out because people are expecting you to do it. Yep. Yeah. I think that's um, a key. I think that's one of the big things that is missing from the recovery world, not to mention stuff like what I want to start. I just I, oh, so frustrating how far the government is, mm. how far behind they are and with how they connect and reach people. Yeah. I mean, video and audio is just such an, an easy, important thing. And the way I looked at it is like, you know how you always hear about Maslow's hierarchy mm-hmm. and all that stupid shit. You know, well, if you don't have food and a roof over your head, you're not going to want to take care of anything else. Right. Which is obviously very true. And the beauty of video, the beauty of audio, podcasts and vlogs and stuff like that is while you're doing things, working on your home, working around your home, going grocery shopping so you can eat you can still connect with people in a manner right. of, oh, wow, I'm going through this too. I'm struggling with this too. While you're doing those things, while you're doing laundry, while you're cleaning your house, while you're fixing your house, while you're fixing your car or right. driving to work or whatever it is, you can listen to a podcast. You can get on YouTube and watch a vlog and still feel like, all right, I'm not the only one going through this and still establish connection with the universe. And yep. you can identify with people. And it's such a, a tool that the government, I don't think, is using. They're just, why aren't they writing grants for this stuff to be done? Yeah, who knows? I, I don't get it. It's one of the most frustrating things for me. So that's why I'm doing it myself. Right. Got to go after it. <laughs> Got to make it happen. <laughs> that's right. What else is going on in your life, Matt? You're uh, traveling, possibly. Hopefully for soon, work. yeah. I that's mean, that's pretty something awesome. that seems like I'll enjoy, getting to see different parts of the country, build some cool stuff, and doing solar panels, which... It's actually pretty interesting, right on the roof of like commercial spaces. You know how they have like like big buildings. Yeah, or, they have yeah. like like super flat roofs, and it's a massive area. And you just throw the solar mm-hmm. panels on top of it, and then it feeds right back into the grid. You're kind of extending the grid. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think more businesses need to do it. I mean, it's an expensive investment at first, but it definitely will pay itself back in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely like looking into doing that. Um, and that's, again, that's something that I established in my life that's kind of pulled me forward. Mm-hmm. And I've said like, okay, this is definitely something I enjoy. I like the work. Yeah, I'm outside sometimes freezing my ass off, but it's better than what I used to do and hating my job. Yeah, the shit we did in the cold back in the day. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> fucking blizzard wouldn't have stopped well, me no. from going to score. I'd just be no. like, fuck it. I'm getting in my car with bald ass tires because I haven't spent any money on the car. And no registration. Right. It's like totally illegal. No insurance. Headlamps. Somebody else's license plates on the car. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure you cover it up with snow. Oh, good times. I used to actually do that. Like, you know where you put like the inspection sticker? And the registration mm-hmm. on your windshield, I'd like put, put a the bunch snow of on snow there. over yeah. it. So it's like, okay, it's covered. Just leave it alone. Don't think, <laughs> of, don't look at it. It's funny. I've been really just kind of reflecting the last few days because Christine's down in Florida. And this is the first time I've kind of been alone at the house for multiple days mm-hmm. over the, you know, the last two years almost. I have not, you know, spent, and the last time this happened, she, it was literally this weekend where she goes to Florida with her friends. And this was before, you know, I was arrested and everything mm-hmm. that I just like pawned so much shit in this house, man. Oh, 
and yeah so it's just such a good feeling this like just think about where i'm at and yeah and the fact that she awesome trusts things you, are and yeah you're in a place where she trusts you to stay here and not pawn her shit yeah that's great yeah that, that's right that is great <laughs> you uh, do have a lot of shit here to pawn though i gotta be honest this is like a what did that what did i tell her i told trope. i told christine the other day because all the stuff gear i got with access right and she said i said it's official as long as i make a dollar in the next three months it's months it's mine and okay so, so in, it back. in two more months it's completely all mine all the equipment the laptop the mic stands the cameras nice. everything is mine and so technically now if i like screwed up and got arrested they can come take the equipment back oh wow and i was laughing because i said something to her i was like if i screwed up and relapsed this shit would be pawned so quick <laughs> you would have no idea like They're it would be gone they back. would they would not be getting it back <laughs> that laptop but, is probably yeah. worth a couple hundred at a pawn shop for sure oh my it better be dude i read okay so i was trying to pawn something a while ago and i read that like it was like a macbook air 8 or something that mm-hmm. this girl spent like sixteen hundred dollars on and she went to that place downtown and they gave her like a hundred and ten dollars. The one across it. from the library? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that place sucks. They rip they rip people off big time. It's crazy. I was like, all right, well I'm not going there. Yeah, no, I went in there once when I was like getting dope sick and I was dope sick and still wouldn't pawn nothing because they wouldn't give me nothing. <laughs> I was like, oh, screw you. I'm going somewhere else. $10, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, it's insane. I think it's because they're more focused on the gold side of it, to be honest. There's a lot of places like that. That's like what they're more looking yeah. for is gold and silver. Good old pawn shops. The guys on, you know, that show Pawn Stars, they do a really good job of like glamorizing and being like, this was like the first way that people got loans in America was by pawning <laughs> things. Like, oh, you're so fucking noble, dude. It's all junkies bringing you their shit that they stole from their oh, parents. Oh my gosh, Pr- pretty much. Yeah, like, come on, don't let's not let's not paint this. And you know it happened. You know when somebody is making up stories oh, and coming in. And I used to walk into a pawn sick. shop on the phone, pretending I'm on the phone. <laughs> talking to somebody i remember one the one i had some jewelry from my parents house and i walked into this pawn shop talking on the phone yeah mom, i'm gonna see what i can get for graham's ring and you know stuff like that talking <laughs> like my grandma just died and this is her jewelry right. and we're just seeing what we can get for it kind to of story like it was so funeral. funny <laughs> like how ridiculous i could have just told him what was really going on he still would have probably bought oh, it for yeah. me they don't. no they're happy to get it that's probably got to be 70 percent of their business yeah, I think so. I I really think that like that's where they make their money is drug addicts, people who struggle with substance use. That's where they make their money. So yeah, it's ridiculous. They, but you get those occasional people who just love it. They love the pawn life. Yeah, like yeah. they just always go into pawn shops. They yeah. know the owners. They go hang out with them. <laughs> My uncle's like that. He loved like when we go to Florida for vacations and stuff. He would take a day because there's a ton of them down south. Mm-hmm. Take a day and just travel around and actually buy stuff from pawn shops. I was like, I you buy stuff from there? I thought you just sell them. I thought you stuff. just pawn stuff. I didn't even know they sold stuff. You just sell shit to them. You don't buy stuff from them. Oh, that's so funny. All right, Matthew. Thanks for uh chopping it up. Of course. This yeah. was uh it's been fun. Out of the blue podcast. Yeah. Great, great equipment, great sound. Thanks, man. Yeah. Things are growing. Good. Good for you. Now I need to start making some money. Yeah, hey, everyone so. should donate. Yeah, that's right. Room9podcast.com. There's a donate page. Do it. All right. Or Patreon. All right. Peace. All right. And that is it, folks. 
I will keep this outro short and sweet. I doubt... I wonder how many people actually listen to this outro. Probably not too many. If you listen to this outro, let me know. Because I'm very curious as to how many people stick around when that music starts playing. I doubt many. I should probably just cut this off at the end. I don't know. Anyway, have a great week. I will talk to you guys next week. I love you guys. Much, much gratefulness goes out from me to you for listening to this. It would not ever be possible without you doing that. So have a great week. I love you. Stay strong. Learn from your failures. Learn from your mistakes. Because that's what makes them beautiful. All right. Peace.